Praise God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I got to get to my message. Everything in my head's falling out of my mouth. I got to get focused here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. God. Everybody say God. God. Who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Now remember in Romans chapter 8, he says that we are, he is the heir, and we are joint heirs. Hallelujah. God has appointed him heir of all things, and we have been made joint heirs, which means we have been brought into his inheritance. Not our inheritance, his inheritance. Whom also he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory. The express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels. As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. By inheritance, he is the heir of all things, and by inheritance, he has obtained a much better name than even the angels have. He is above, beyond, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, and we are there with him. He has made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We are not stranded on this earth. We are not back behind the, the line. We are not walled in. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because he is the heir of all things and we are the joint heir of all things and by his spirit, the spirit of adoption, we can now cry, Abba, Father. In other words, I belong to Father God. He is my Father and I am his child. Hallelujah. I uh, thank God. He is the brightness of his glory, brightness of his glory, and express image of his person. Jesus, Jesus didn't just come to show us that our sins are going to be forgiven. Thank God for that. He came and displayed Father God. He displayed Father God. Amen. We've got choices to make today, whether we're going to serve a God that is afar off or we're going to serve a God that is close at hand. And how close he is to you is determined by us. We make the determination of how close God is to us and how much of God we receive. It's not God trying to withhold anything from us. It's us trying to get to the point where we can actually receive what has been released, what has been given. God has already commanded it, gave it, released it, 
the Holy Spirit appeared on the day of Pentecost, empowered people, began to flow out and manifest the Word of God, and He hasn't stopped yet. We are still writing the book of Acts. Right now in the book of Acts, Healing River Worship Center is being recorded in the book of Acts. Hallelujah. There is no amen. We're still writing it. And I am amazed in my spirit what I see. Some of the chapters of this book are going to hold because God's not done. He's not finished and he has not withdrawn himself. If anything, it is getting more and more and more evident and powerful because God is intent on showing his glory in this day of darkness. The light of God, the brightness of his glory is going to break through the dark clouds and the barriers that have been erected and is going to break through these things and literally move into our atmosphere and we will begin to understand the glory of the Lord because we will see it. We will experience it. We will walk in it. We will experience the glory of God in our day. Amen. Hallelujah. I was born into this thing and when I get the, when I, it's time for me to go to heaven, I will transfer to heaven in it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God didn't birth me for the dead end. Come on, somebody. God didn't birth me for the dead end. He birthed me for the transfer. Praise God. I'm born, I came into this world to be a part of the last day move of God. I'm here because God appointed me. You're here because God appointed you. And we get to participate in a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit in America. One more time, God's going to sweep across this nation. And we're going to see his glory. Souls are going to be coming into the kingdom of God by the thousands and people are going to realize there is a God in the earth, and he is real at hand. He is close at hand. He's not a God that's far off. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Book of Deuteronomy. Chapter, or chapter 30, verse 11. Oh, listen to me. The Logos is becoming the rhema. The spoken word of God is being lit on fire of the Holy Spirit. It's going to become a fresh rhema word in our hearts that is going to cause us to leap, leap forward into the presence of God and understand and start receiving from God. Amen. I don't, I've, I've been in this thing for 40 years. I don't want hype. I don't want adrenaline. I don't want, I don't want the, the sensationalism. I want the real, authentic, transforming power of God, changing lives, and causing people to be to transformed by his power. Amen. I don't want the kind of experience where we feel good in church and everything comes back and hits us on the parking lot. I don't want to walk out of here and think, well, that was a good service and I was feeling better, but now that pain's back. I don't want any of that stuff. I want to see the transforming power of God where we are changed, 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 and the power of God changes our lives. 
<laughs> Some of y'all might think, be thinking, what in the world has happened to our pastor? I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been treading in heights that I haven't treaded in. I've been walking in places that I haven't walked in in a long time. I've been in the presence of Almighty God, and it's caused my faith to get up where he is. And the glory of God is beginning to move in my spirit, and I can't restrain it because there's something that God has for us that we need to just let happen and rejoice and allow it to take place. I have lived this whole week, every time, just constantly, just, I've been going around saying, wow, wow. That's all I said, wow, wow. I'd come in the auditorium and try to pray, and all I'd do is walk around and say, whoa, wow, glory. I mean, God is close. He's right here. He's indwelling us. Glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. I've been asking God to return the vitality of my 20s again, and I think it's happening. Amen. You might not, you might see me running a whole lot because God needs a people that is healed. He needs a people that's whole. He needs a people full of the fire of God, ready to go, and can move with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. If I make you feel uncomfortable, we'll pray for you. You'll get transformed. <laughs> Woo! For this commandment, verse 11, for this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you. Oh, I like that. Is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is, in, it is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will, oh, come on, somebody. Everybody say, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen in Africa and not happen here. Who's going to go over the sea and bring it to us? We don't need anybody to go over the sea. We've got a God that's all over the place. He is omnipresent. His presence is here today. Hallelujah. We have the closeness of God. I'm going to try to read this. <laughs> Nor is it beyond, beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us? That we may, may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it everybody say do it in your it is very near you and it is in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it see i have sent before you today life and good death and evil in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. You say, Pastor, that's an Old Testament word. I got to tell you something. The Holy Spirit has ignited it. It is no longer a Logos. It is a rhema right now, today, that the Holy Spirit is igniting our heart and getting us put the word in our heart that says, why sit we here till we die? We know where the food's at. We know where the power of God's at. We know where the blessing's at. We know where it's at. Let's get up. Let's get up. Let everybody else stay back here if they want to. But it's time for us to get up and take off and possess the land that God has for us. God, God has declared to us here that he wants to dwell here, that he wants to abide here. Matter of fact, God's been gathering, the angels of heaven have been gathering around this place and preparing for quite some time. And we are experiencing the glory of God. We've got ministering spirits helping us, setting things up, getting it ready. Things are, are getting ready to happen. And I'm telling you this, we are going to see the authentic of God, not, not just the fake, not hype. We're not going to just try to get everybody impressed. We're going to see the glory of God. We're just going to see his power move. I'm tired of trying to encourage people that aren't getting healed. I want to see the transforming healing healing power of God. Change them. Glory. I've experienced it. I want to see the glory of God move from our top of our heads, soles of our feet, driving out everything that's not covenant. If it's not covenant, it doesn't belong in us. It doesn't belong with us. My mom told me something couple of weeks ago that stirred me up and I haven't been able to get over it. Thank God. She made a statement. She said, you know, we, when, when I was growing up, my mom and dad traveled with, with uh, Brother Allen, A. Allen, Brother Shambaugh. Dad, dad was the manager. He got, he got the trucks to where they were supposed to go, took care of everything, got the tent set up so when Brother Allen arrived, they could start the meeting, took care of everything while they was in the meeting and kept everything going behind the scenes. And, and they walked in that. They worked in it. Their first house, when they started traveling with Brother Allen, their first house to live in was the back of a big truck. Once they got all the cheers unloaded out of the truck, that's where they lived, inside that truck. And they traveled like that until God began to bless them. And they got, got a trailer and a car and began to bless. They traveled like that all over. They've established churches. My dad and mom have helped establish big churches in Newark, New Jersey, New York City. City, Philadelphia, Chicago. They've overseen big churches like that. And the presence of God been a revival after revival. And when we were growing up in that time, my mom said she got to thinking back and realized that on all those years, none of us were ever sick. Us kids never even had a cold. In all that travel from place to place and city to city, in all the hardships and being around all types of different people, we were never sick. In all that time, we lived under the bubble of the glory of God. And anything that wasn't covenant just didn't touch us. Whoa, come on, somebody. And then after they had their 
expecting their fourth kid, my little brother. They couldn't travel like that anymore. Broke Brother Allen's heart. He cried like a baby when my dad walked in and said, said Doc, we got to go. We can't, we, we can't do this anymore. He said, John, I'll buy you a new trailer. I'll buy you a new car. I'll hire somebody to drive it for you if you'll just stay with me. He said, oh, we, we've got to get our kids in school. We can't do that. And they settled down. And, and after they settled down, we all got the flu. We got mumps. We got measles. We got chicken pox. I mean, the whole family is the sickest bunch you ever seen. And I was thinking about that. What happened? Oh, listen to me, church. It challenged me because I thought, you know what? This, this isn't just for a traveling evangelist. This is for every child of God every day of your life. There is a way to live in the presence of God. I'm not saying nothing bad will ever happen to you. I'm saying the blessing of God will be the greatest thing in your life and the most recognizable thing. As I've thought about that over and over and over, that story just went over and over my head. It's been challenging me thinking, oh, God, why, why, would, why, would it, why would it be everyday life that it wouldn't be in? We need, that, we need that presence. We need that glory. Hallelujah. We need to see. And we're going to see. I keep saying we need, we're going to see. We are seeing. The presence of God, where during worship, we'll just be worshiping God, and all of a sudden you'll realize your body's changed. Something's happened. Why? Because in the glory, when the glory of God is present, then everything that's not covenant has to go. It has to leave. Come on, somebody. We got to get that faith in our heart that begin to say, God, I don't want to justify why it's happening. I, I don't want excuses. I want them press forward to the very glory of God. See, when the children of Israel, for 40 years, they walked in the desert, roamed in the desert with a cloud of, of, over their head by day and a fire by night. What was that? It was the glory and presence of of God and for 40 years they didn't get sick for 40 years their clothes didn't even wear out for 40 years they didn't even age when Moses was old his eyes still were not dim his natural strength was not abated why because they'd been walking in the presence of God they slept under the warmth of, of God's fire every night. They walked under the shade of God's glory every day, and they experienced the presence of God. And because of that, they experienced a good thing. See, God is saying to us today, I've put before you life and death. I've put, put before you blessing and cursing. But then later on, he says, come on, choose life. Choose life. Grab hold of what I've given you. Let the word become fire in your very being, the rhema word of God ignited. The breathed word. See, all scripture was given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it was breathed through men. It says that God 
in various ways and at various times, spoke to us in times past by prophets. What were those prophets doing? Those prophets were literally breathing the breath of God into our atmosphere, and we were receiving. And then all of a sudden, in John 1 and 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The Word, the breathed Word of God, no longer was it just once in a while in various times and various places, but now the abiding everlasting powerful word of God took on a body and began to speak with a human voice into the people and every time he spoke things changed when he walked in where demons were they they fell down and worshipped him and said we know who you are we know who you are and all Jesus had to do is say go and that breathed breath of God would drive the demons out of the demon-possessed. Sickness, disease, and infirmity had to leave. When Je Jesus didn't even have to tell it to leave. All he had to do is say, get up, take off. Just get up, take off. That command, when Jesus told him, said, rise, take up your bed and walk, that very command had made disease infirmity get out of here, take its exit, because whatever would stop the command of God had to go. When blind Bartimaeus began to cry out, have mercy on me. They brought him to Jesus. He threw off that beggar's garment. Oh, come on, somebody. There's some people in this house who needs to throw off a beggar's garment today. You are not beggars. You are not beggars. You're not sitting by the side of the road helpless anymore because Jesus is walking down your road. He's coming down your path. His shadow will heal you if you just get in the shadow because of the glory of the Lord. But blind Bartimaeus began to cry out, have mercy on me, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, bring him to me. He threw off that beggar's cloak because he knew he was no longer a Hey, he was no longer a beggar because the word, I said the word, suddenly came out of the mouth of Jesus and he knew he was not going to beg anymore. He was healed that moment. He came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. Jesus said, what do you want? He said that I can receive my sight. Oh, glory to God. When Jesus said it had to happen, it had to happen. And anything that would try to stand in the way of the word had to go, had to get out of there. <laughs> glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. See, again, in Romans chapter 10, man, who needs to go to the gym? <laughs> We're going to get a workout. Healing River, Healing River, River Aerobics. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's make it happen. Again, in Romans chapter 10, Paul went back into the Logos Word, brought it out of the past into the present and began to declare it as a rhema word. When he said in verse 5, 
He said, for Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Thy word, the word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I, I got to tell you something. The word of God is becoming alive in the hearts of people today. And when that word comes alive inside of you, it's not going to leave you like you was because it's a transforming, supernatural visitation of God that comes into us and everything that would try to stop the word has to go has to go hallelujah glory has to go everybody say it has to go we've got a lot of needs in this house that is trying to stop the word of God but I'm releasing the word of God today saying that it's in your heart it's in your mouth it's near unto you it's not in heaven it's not across the sea but I'm declaring to you that the word of God is real and alive and active in you and bringing forth what God has and anything anything that tries to stop it's going to have to get out of the way Going to have to get out of the way. We got to get out of the way. I've told you every time about that time in Africa when I was so sick and all that stuff. I was supposed to die and stuff, and I didn't. I felt like death warmed over. I mean, couldn't function. Instead of recovering, I spent, I spent that time preaching the Word. Don't even remember hardly what I did, but I preached the Word. They told me, the, the, the leader of it told me that every, every service, I preached an hour and a half every service. And I preached a series of messages I'd never preached before in my life, and it was, on, it was on the anointing. Couldn't read, couldn't see to read, but I preached, I preached a series of messages while I was there on the anointing. And, just, and for an hour and a half, couldn't even hardly get out of bed, couldn't stand up. But when I'd get in the presence of God, when I'd stand up, Everybody say, stand up. Stand up. When I'd get out of bed, put my clothes on, I would stand up and start moving. And the power of God would come into my physical body that had no strength, had no ability. And I'd go and preach and minister and pray for people for hours. And then I would go back and just be out. Just, I mean, nothing. And, and they tell me that I'd, you know, they tried to tell me that I died on the plane coming back home. I don't believe it, but I got a really good rest. <laughs> they said, you didn't breathe or move for 11 hours. They, they, they'd made, they'd, the, the flight attendants had made plans to get everybody off the plane and then have the paramedics come and get me and take me off because they, they checked me. They said, you wasn't breathing. But I got up. Everybody say, get up. When we started landing in London, 11 hours later, 
All of a sudden, my eyes come open, and I got up, and I walked, a living, breathing, spirit being. My body had to obey what the Holy Spirit told it to obey. When the Holy Spirit said, all right, that's enough, it's time to get up, my body had to get up, and it had to do what the Holy Spirit told it to do because there's something inside of us that's greater. There's a word inside of you. Minister, come come to get me at this mission training school where I was supposed to be recovering, but I was preaching. Another minister come and got me to take me back to Dermot, Durban so I could fly out the next morning and head back home. And we're riding down the road, and I am just totally wiped out. I'm sitting there. I, I feel like just an empty shell, just, just nothing. And all of a sudden, this minister said, oh, the people are so excited. I sit up and I said, excited about what? He said, oh, they're already at the church waiting. I said, waiting? He said, yes, you're preaching at my church tonight. I've already announced, I've been announcing it that you're coming. I said, oh, Jesus. He said, it's a large crowd. The church is full. He said, I just got a call and the church is full. There's no room. This was a big church. I sunk. I started having a pity party. I, I, I was thinking in my life, my, my, my mind, are y'all just going to beat me until I'm dead? I get back to the church. We get back to the church, and the pastor said, hey, would you like to call your wife back in America? I said, yes, I would. I need to tell Mama what's going on over here. And I hadn't, got, I hadn't got to talk to her. She really didn't know a lot of what was going on, just that I was alive now. I get on the phone. She answered, It was the middle of the night here or something. I forget what it was. Next morning. It was evening there, so it would have been next morning here or that morning. I was ahead. I was already in tonight, and she was getting up the, that morning. She... She got on the phone. I said, honey, they have worked me to death. I said, I have preached every day and taught. I said, I still can't see hardly. A little bit better, but I still can't see. And I said, I'm so weak, I can't understand it. And I said, Dave, I said I'm here at this church. It's packed out, and I got to preach again tonight. I was waiting for Mama to... Say, poor little baby or something, you know. She said, Tim, your steps are ordered of the Lord. Now, you get out there and preach what God gives you and get on the plane and get home. I mean, just let me, though it, she gave me my art marching orders. I said, okay. I hung the phone up, walked out there, preached a prophetic message to that church, described everything that had been going on in that church, declared the word of God to it, brought the answer. God moved powerfully in that church that night. And he did all that by the Holy Spirit with a corpse <laughs> for a body. When the Word 
See, I got on the phone, and my wife declared the word. She said, your steps are ordered of the Lord. Now go preach what God gives you. I got the word. The word came inside of me, and I stood up because of the word. I stood up because there's something greater than what this body is, than this natural is. When the Holy Spirit decides to stand you up, you're going to get up, and your body can't say no. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so I preached the word of God, got on an airplane, flew back to Durban, got on an airplane or in Johannesburg, got on an airplane to Johannesburg, and died till I got to London. <laughs> then came home and slept for two or three days and got up and went back to preaching. Why? Because there was a word. There was a word. I said, there was a word. The Logos became Rhema, became alive inside of me. I got to tell you, so I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand that we can't just say, oh, God, when are you going to move? God, when's it going to come down from heaven? But the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith, which was preached unto you, and that word is powerful, quicker and sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life hallelujah when the word of god comes into you and you grab hold of that it changes everything that would try to deny that word and a lot of times we quote scriptures trying to get healed but it's logos it's low it's not nigh unto us it's not in our mouth it's not it's not set ablaze by the Holy Spirit in our very being. But when that revelatory word comes alive inside of us, it begins to change everything in us. Huh. Hallelujah. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, this is what I've been praying and declaring over this church. He said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. But I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and with power. Oh, that's what we're, that's what we're experiencing. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Sister Val, if you can get up. Come on, stand up. I see the glory of God all over you. Stand up. Come up here with me, sis. Come on. Get on that piano. Hallelujah. Get her up them steps, God. Come on. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, she made it to the platform. That's as far as she got. There's a demonstration of the Word of God. There's more than just a preaching. There's more than just this the excitement. Thank God for the excitement. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm looking for the day that when, when I'll be up here preaching and I'll just have to stop because we're going to have to wait for the praise break to settle down before we can go on. Why? Because the Word of God's becoming so alive inside of us that it just burns like a flame in our, in our very beings. And we just, we just can't help it, but we got to accept, accept it and receive it in the name of Jesus. 
It's what I'm believing for. It's what I'm declaring. It's what I'm saying. I love, to, I love to hear somebody preach under the anointing of God. Betty, Betty gets tickled at me because I'll be sitting out there, and when I'm, I'm listening to somebody preach, even somebody, on, when I'm looking at them on, on video, I breathe with them. <laughs> I mean, I'm right there with them. I'm, I'm, I'm in every word, and I get to where I breathe with them. And Betty will start laughing. I was like, what are you doing? She'll say, you're, you're, you're breathing with them. Why? Because I know what it is. I know what it feels. I know the glory. Oh, hallelujah. I know the glory of the Lord. I know what it is to be stood back up when everything tries to shut you down. Hallelujah. About 10 years ago, the devil thought he could quiet me down. He didn't do a very good job of it. No, he didn't do a very good job of it because I got a, I got a Lord and a King and a Savior that's greater than anything. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The, doc, the doctor said whatever works when this is all over with, whatever works will work and whatever won't, won't. That's all the hope they could give me. And I had a lot of things wasn't working. But I got to tell you something. There's somebody inside of me. There's a word. There's a word inside of me. How did, I remember days when I was just in a fog, didn't really even know what was going on. But I kept hearing this one, one psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth over and over and over day after day. I heard that. What was that? You say, oh, you wasn't quoting Bible, healing scriptures? No. What come up in my spirit day after day was I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. You can't pray. You can't praise God if you can't talk. You can't praise God if you're dead. You can't praise God if your body quit. But I was going to praise God with everything in me. Some of y'all need to rub up against me. You need to... I need to dispel. Dis, I need to get rid of some of this. <laughs> 